I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's going on, everybody? A brand new episode of the Load Management Podcast. This is your man, Chops. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, then just know we are the one and only, the premier complex sports podcast bringing you all sorts of hot takes, sports commentary, and interviews with the biggest guests that we can get to come on this little podcast. If you're not a new guest, if you've been with us since the beginning, we love you. Thank you for joining us again. We have a stacked episode this week. I am very excited. As most of you know, I'm a Cavs fan, diehard. So bringing in 2016 NBA champion Channing Fry to this week's podcast is a very special thing. Before we get to that, we also have a Bryson DeChambeau interview. Before we get to all that, Adam Zion, what's going on, yo? If this is your first time listening to us, where the fuck have you been? Yeah, I mean, relax. Is that come on, people. Welcome people. No, don't say that. Calm don't down. say that. We'll no, take... where they been, pal? I want to know where you've been yeah. at. Where you been we'll hiding? T- if this is your first time, welcome. We've been making waves for months now. Where you been? If this is your first time, don't listen to that guy, Adam Caparell. He's not the guy to listen <laughs> to on the podcast. You know, uh, excuse um, me. I, we have numerous listener feedback wor- saying I have worst, nuanced, precise takes worst and provide takes context all to time, all the arguments. Worst mm-hmm. takes of all time and cannot be wrong any anymore. <laughs> L- listen, we appreciate all you guys for listening. The new phone line is set up. A lot of you guys have called. We're working on a system. A lot of you are angry also, by the way. Yeah, a lot of angry calls. But we're working on a system to where it's going to be easier for us to showcase these more. We are going to feature some show, some calls at the end of this episode after our two interviews. So stick around for that to hear if you get featured. Uh, we're going to keep doing this. Like I said, we have much more on the way. I'm excited. Uh, let's get to these interviews. All right. A big welcome to the Load Management Podcast. We have NBA champion Channing Fry joining us real quick. Channing, let's, let's am, get out the way. Let's, let's get, get it out, out the way. way. Let's get yeah. out the way. You I got your from, ring? You got your ring? Uh, I do not know where my ring is. I am from Cleveland. I'm a Cavaliers fan. Channing, so this is, a, this is a big honor to have you on the podcast. I appreciate uh, that. My co-hosts are worried that I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions about 2016. But I will, I will try and keep it as a minimum. You have a new wine business. Yeah, yeah. That you're getting into. Yeah. Uh, has this been approved by LeBron, D-Wade, and Melo, the, <laughs> <laughs> the wine heads of the NBA? Listen, I'm going to say two things. Number one. I don't ask permission for nobody, all right? <laughs> and I think that's why those are my guys. Uh, you know what? I think what's funny, not to bring up D-Wade or anything, but him and I, we only played a little bit mm-hmm. together, but that is my guy, mm-hmm. right? Him and I are always giving each other shit. Can I cuss on this? Yeah. Yes, 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 100%, yes. Uh, like, we just kind of vibe together, right? And he's just my guy. So when I saw him do his own wine, um, you know, I knew he had it out. I asked some questions. Uh, about how he was doing it. Um, he's in Napa. Obviously, I'm in Portland. Um, so, yeah, like, my st- these are my – it hasn't come out yet, and it's not a big uh, production like him. I wanted to do it a lot smaller, a lot more intimate. So those are the bottles. Oh, Pinot uh, Noir, yes. Yeah, send over a bottle yeah, my way, please. Yeah, come on. Don't, don't send him nothing. 
Yeah, <laughs> those Willamette Valley uh, grapes we have going there, Channing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last oh, time. I need a bottle. Send the bottle my way. Come on. <laughs> hook you up. Up. I can hook you up. But it's uh, you know what? Wine has been around the league for a long time. I just think it was like you couldn't drink it on a plane. You know, everyone was like, "Oh, well, you can't drink and play good." But it's like, yeah, you can't go out and drink a bottle of Hennessy and play good. You can't <laughs> no offense to Hennessy. Right, you can't drink a bottle of Grey Goose or whatever and get turned up. But like, you can be at a nice dinner, have some steak, you know, have a salmon and have a nice bottle of wine, and it encourages conversation. I think that's the biggest thing that I learned about wine, and what got me to love it is like the conversations people have um, around a bottle of wine, whether it is a wine, where they found it, the trip they took there. It just kind of incites memories, you know. I call it memory juice. There we go. Would you say I would? I would kind of think. The, the love of wine kind of made some NBA personalities a little bit. I mean, you guys have kind of bonded. You and RJ, the, the, the pod kind of started in Cleveland with you guys just drinking wine in the hotel room doing a pod, right? Yeah, so the whole story behind the road trip and podcast was Richard was trying to practice, you know, being on the mic and doing stuff with Allie. So he's like, Channing, I need you to come up here and, and just talk with us. And I'm like, I'm not coming up there. Like, fuck you. <laughs> and he's like, I'll get you two bottles of wine. I was like, all right, I'll be up in 10. <laughs> so we were there and we're actually in the trainer's like big suite room because it was bigger than ours. And uh, Kyrie came in. And so it, it ended up, I scooted next to Richard and Allie um, and Kyrie came in there and he, we just started interviewing him. And so every time we got on, I was like, we got to get these guys some wine or else they're going to be stiff, right? Yeah. So whatever they drink, you want, you know, a, a lemon, vodka, whatever, we got you. You want a wine? And most guys want most guys want to drink wine and just talk about Lubricate stories. We had some crazy looking back, like we had Derrick Rose on there for an hour and a half. That's crazy. He didn't talk rare to us rare. An hour and a half, right? The whole season. Right? <laughs> He's a great guy. We had Tim Duncan on. He was like shocked at how easy it was. Um like We've had a lot of guys on that said a lot of crazy stuff because I think the wine kind of, you know. <laughs> Loosened them up. Oh, for sure. But it's like they start talking about things that it doesn't seem like an interview when you have a glass of wine in front. And I think mm-hmm. we were the ones that first started that. And then now everyone's like, it's become like, if you don't have a bottle of wine or a drink there, it's it's an interview, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, not now because 10 o'clock in the morning. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's, who's more of a, a vino head, you or Kevin Love? Kevin drinks way more expensive wine based on budget, but I am. <laughs> I like read books on wine. Uh, obviously, I have my own wine. I go out to wine country all the time. Um, I'm always, like, trying to learn. It's like a passion. Like, wine is delicious, but to learn the whole process and see how many variables can be between one bottle and another, it could be from the same spot and just done differently and taste completely different, is something that, you know, especially for a kid of color, like a black kid from Arizona, I don't know nothing about Napa. It's just like <laughs> something that's way up here. Yeah. And now I'm learning about the Willamette Valley, Napa, Walla Walla, Washington. You know, I've been to Bordeaux in France. So I'm doing shit that I didn't even think in a million years I'd have the opportunity to. So I'm like just trying to absorb it all and kind of give younger kids a chance to see like you don't have to go big big time in, in the wine business to enjoy it. There are levels of it. And for me, you know, the wine industry is super white. And so yeah. I'm trying to encourage people to say, hey, I want people who drink this wine to see like black people pour it, people of color pour it. I want more women winemakers. I want more, you know, 
the, the LGBTQ community to come out and do stuff. So like it's can be so inclusive, right? We're just, when you have a bottle of wine at dinner, it means something, you know? Like you look at all the movies, when you're sad, somebody busts out that good bottle of wine and they're, you know, <laughs> or you're happy, somebody's popping champagne. It's like, we don't understand how much is part of our, our, our culture until you really like think about it, it's everywhere. When did, but when did wine drinking become really part of any culture? Because I feel like it's been like in the last like, I don't know, maybe uh, a handful of years, or I don't know, maybe 10 years, but when did it kind of really become popular? That 2016 Cavs team kind of, kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that is when, I think there were guys that loved wine, like J.J. Riddick's a wine head, obviously Mello, obviously uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, and there are a lot of guys that love wine, but those are the three guys that I know are like next level. Um, CJ has his own wine. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it was like 2015, 16. And then what happened was there was, and I don't, I don't I'm not going to say I was the one that started, but I will say <laughs> I brought a couple bottles of wine on the plane. Right. Cause I was like, let me drink, you know, you know, we're going from Cleveland to Indiana and then we're going to dinner. So I'm like, it's after practice. I got a nice white and not, excuse me, rose. And they're like, oh, you didn't bring us nothing. I'm like, there's 14 of y'all motherfuckers. Like, I'm not <laughs> enough. You drink six bottles yourself and won't even have a buzz, right? So we started, it ended up being like people had to take turns bringing wine. And so all of a sudden now everyone is like, it's a thing. You didn't bring the wine on a plane? You know, we're listening to music. We're watching film. We're sharing with the coaches. Coaches, have a drink of wine. They're like, hey, here, let's watch film. It like diffuses a lot of, I don't want to say feelings, and that right? team was already tense. That team was pretty tense already, Channing. Yeah, from well, the outside. From the outside. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, there's a lot of pressure when you play with Braun because it's not you're not just like losing. <laughs> Number one, he's your teammate and he wants to do everything with you all the time. Right? <laughs> if he could, he would just travel as a pack, as a team like this, which makes him like one of the best teammates ever. But it's also you start to hate everybody because of how much hate he gets. Right, no matter what he does, like last night, he controls the game. So the first game, for instance, he has 23, 17, and 15, mm -hmm. and they lose, right? Now last night, he was force feeding AD. He said, okay, we can't win playing this way, so we're gonna win playing this way. And it's literally all AD. It's not like, oh, Braun made adjustments, or the Lakers made adjustments. It's like, well, AD took over for Braun. It's like, dude, guys, like he can't win for losing. So. <laughs> What happens is you become like closer and closer and closer and then that pressure becomes a lot on people and then in their mental because now a shot isn't a shot now a shot is like you would think the end of the world now everyone you're in the media all the time you think you're gonna get traded all the time and when i i went there i said shit i came from the worst team in the league this is great right <laughs> Fuck, we we're losing but we still won 50 games yeah. right if we lose on the on the magic we might not hit 20 wins. So like it's yeah. a little different. So for me, I was just like, man, these dudes have so much stuff in common. So I put everybody on a text thread and they were like, ooh, Channing, I don't know if you could do that. These guys don't really like talk like that outside the court. And I said, they're going, going to now, boom. So I started just talking shit to everybody and we just end up doing things that like everyone likes to do. Everyone likes to go to dinner. Everyone likes to drink wine. Everyone likes to kick it. And so we end up doing it and end up like, we would go to Kevin's house and have dinners and drink all his expensive wine and booze <laughs> and then go out after that as a team. I'm talking about like 
16 dudes <laughs> on the NBA Finals team would go out in Cleveland as like a ball. But if we didn't have that cohesiveness, if we didn't have that chemistry, we wouldn't have won shit. Like when we were down 3-1, we would have been like, all right, that's it. But it was like everybody on the bus was like, we're going to do this. We just need to win one game, and then it's us. We can get into one game, right? If we can get to game seven, we're betting on Braun and Kyrie. <laughs> and we did, and they balled out, right? So it was a, it's a crazy and amazing story. And I was obviously, I played the series before the finals. And then that, listen, as a basketball player, I was playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, oh, this is good. This is like intense. <laughs> Got to the NBA Finals. I said, yep, this ain't me. <laughs> they moving too fast. I said, they are moving too fast. And, like, obviously, people hate on the Warriors just because they got KD. But, like, Warriors before KD were ridiculous. They yeah, were moving man. so fucking fast. Like, cut, pass, backdoor cut. Three. It's like a steal. Three. <laughs> oh, shit, we're down 12. It's 12 nothing. Right? Like, they were that good. So, for us to lock in and, and beat them and uh, was pretty amazing. And I, I don't think the championship would have been as good if they would have been as – worse than what they are but that was one of the best teams i've ever seen in my entire life all right i have a very important follow-up question from yes. that whole build-up what is lebron james like two bottles of wine deep the same he might go to the gym no come on <laughs> what kind of drunk is lebron is he a happy drunk what are we what are we talking about here he's uh well he's uh he's uh, like a huggy drunk like <laughs> i'm having such a good time a he's touchy like, feely like you know oh what up bro like one of those yeah. like he people play basketball for wins and losses he plays basketball to be the greatest ever. For people to understand that concept is beyond them, right? So like, he may lose a game, he's thinking, I need to win a championship. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> oh, we lost the game. This game doesn't fucking matter, we'll win the next four, we'll go on to this, we'll do this. Like, his brain does not operate like that. Like, I've seen him, we're at dinner, we're about two, three bottles deep. He found out uh, Muhammad Ali died. He was hurt, like hurt inside. Yeah. Got up from the table, called his trainer, went and worked out for an hour. Dead That's ass. Insane. That's insane. <laughs> insane. Insane. And like, was perfectly fine. I've seen him go, we go out. Like we have late dinners, right? We eat dinner for six hours. It's a commitment. It's like an Italian <laughs> dinner. It's like going to somebody's Italian grandma's house. You get there at six, you leave at two. And you're like, oh. <laughs> Right? You might as well get a, a cot and sleep in a restaurant. But we're out late as a team eating, and it's an early bus. I think it might have been an 8 o'clock bus. So he's like, hey, who's going to be in the gym? Now it's one thirty-two. He's like, hey, let's meet in the gym at 6 and get a little sweat in. I'm like, 6 what? <laughs> six, what, 6 tomorrow? Like 6 p.m.? Nope. 6 a.m. So, I mean, when the big fella say, hey, let's meet at 6, you know, when you're – you're not in that top five. You better be in that fucking gym. That's it. <laughs> Boom. We in there. Like yeah. the stories that things that he does are crazy, but they're also like very meticulous for his own mental. Like we had training camp in 2017, 18 with that stacked team that just didn't work out. And he was doing Rise Nation classes before two a days at training camp. <laughs> so we're like, hold up now. I'm exhausted. And this is to end of first practice, you went to a 30-minute Versa Climber class before all this, and then he does everybody's workouts. So when Kyle Corver shoots, he shoots with Kyle, and me and Kyle usually shoot. Tristan is working on something, he'll go dabble in Tristan's. 
Like, I don't. His motor is different. Who I think for, my follow up to that is uh, obviously people kind of, you know, uh, bash LeBron for not having that MJ type mentality. So basically, from what I'm hearing now, he has that. He he has that type of ethic and killer mentality. Yeah, he does. But I think if you look at early in his career, he tried to do it himself mm-hmm. versus super teams, right? And he realized I can't. No matter how much I score, everyone else is not a threat anymore, right? If you think about it, like if you watch, okay, the 76ers play today, they just double team Joel Embiid. Yeah. Every single time. So, like, he's he's null. He can't get 50, right, because he doesn't have the ball. He has to ask for the ball. So, like, Braun goes, even if I get 50, myself, it's my 50, maybe 20. So, it's 70 to – the other team has three superstars. So, it's 70 to 90 off, off top, right? So, like, if you notice, some of the best teams, all of them are pass, shoot, and dribble guys. They have more than one. Like, we'll start. We'll start with Boston. KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rondo. Rondo. All yeah. of them are skilled passing per. Then you go Braun, uh, Chris Bosh, D. Wade. Braun. Right? Yeah. Then you went, okay, the one anomaly was Dallas. But then you went Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Tony Parker, Kawhi. Yeah. Right? You cannot be, and this is going to sound crazy, you cannot be just a singular score winner championship. Ask mm-hmm. KD. Yeah. KD cannot be a singular score and, and just think you're going to, like Damian Lillard cannot be Dame and get these 60s if Nurk isn't a great passer. Mellow shots down threes. CJ McCollum's balling. Gary Trent Jr.'s balling. So, like, he may not have the Jordan mentality, but that's not the era of basketball we live in. Right? Like Kobe mm-hmm. won with Derek Fisher, Lamar Odom, Shaq. Right? I mean, James Harden is having trouble doing it himself. No matter how much he scores – and I think Houston's doing great this year. I hope they do good. But, like, they got to figure out a way to compete with everybody. And that's with that type of scoring threat. And it's just – it's hard. Look at the Clippers. Like, last night they lost because they didn't have good guard play. They just tried to score every time. It's just not the air. You need three or four guys that are high-level skill guys that can do three or four different things. Well, that's – and, Channing, that was the big knock on the 2016 Cavs, why people said you guys couldn't do it because no one – for one, people don't like to give Kyrie credit for being as good a facilitator as he is. And they just said it was too much ISO between Kyrie and LeBron. Right. Well, what happened was Braun was trying to create for everyone, and he just didn't have the spacing. But when I got there, we put yes. in a lot of uh, the Phoenix Suns old plays. Right? So I think if you remember, we played Toronto in that series, right? And then we, in the third quarter of game six, I think, we ran one play. Yes. Right? You, how many threes did you have that game? It's like six? Yeah, something crazy. <laughs> we had one play. Yeah. Right? And it was Delhi brought it up, threw it to Richard. And then right? it was like a back screen, then a side screen. Yeah. And only two stand in the corner, and they had to make a decision. But like, Raptors have- fans hate you, Channing, for that series. <laughs> but I love Toronto, dude. Who doesn't love Toronto? Drake was talking shit. So I said, Drake, shut the hell up. Trade Drake to <laughs> Give me some of them Jordans, though. Throw me some of them Jordans, though. I loved your last album. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even, okay, so the ISO thing became a level of trust. And mm-hmm. so when you have the right pieces, you don't have to feel like you have to do everything. We end up, I think if you notice that when we played Atlanta, I think it was the Eastern, no, no, the second round. 
Mm-hmm. When you guys set the record for threes in a playoff game. Yes, but that is when you have the right pieces, Braun can take a six-minute stint out, and we can let Kyrie go. Yeah. Because you can play Kyrie one-on-one, and we're up by six. When Braun comes back in, we're either going to be up by six, we're going to be up by 10, 12. Mm-hmm. you got to double-team him. But you can't with that many shooters. We're just absolutely torching Atlanta. So they were playing a lot of ISO one-on-one, but once we got the right pieces and, and it started to get to playoff time, guys got to the right spots, they did the right things, and then they were like very unselfish. And at the end of the day, we know who the, who the big dogs are. So look, <laughs> six seconds ago, don't shoot that motherfucker, better give it to Kyrie. <laughs> get you a bucket. Are you, are you feeling uh, um, this Portland-LA series? Obviously, Love. Bron, your guy. But Portland, you know, where you live, are you feeling uh, torn between who to kind of root for here? No, I mean, put it this way. I think the Blazers will win the series. I know it's crazy to think, but I think looking at all these teams in the bubble, right, and I'm looking at Brooklyn, and the only way that Brooklyn has a chance in this game is by guard play. This Mm -hmm. has been nothing but guard play. Big men are – if you're not a skilled big – you're having trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's look at the Utah series, right? Uh, Donovan Mitchell played great at 57, lost. The next game, I think he only had 30 or 31, but then Jordan Clarkson played good, better guard play. Jamal Murray didn't play good, right? Then you look at the Sixer series. Marcus Smart, even though he played crappy last game, was amazing. The Sixers right? have no guard, no guard no play. No guard been, play. Yeah. Right? Houston, guard play, killing. Yeah. The first game, Damian Lillard killed, right? And and LA didn't have a chance. And then the second game, I just felt like the Blazers were emotionally exhausted and the Lakers made an adjustment and they couldn't, you know, you, you just don't have enough fire. They've been playing playoff basketball for a month. Yeah. yeah. But like your emotional fortitude has to just some game, it got to dive down. You think Braun is going to let them lose though? Like he's got another, I mean, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. We also know Dane Lowe has a, you know, uh, index finger issue. So all the, all those, all those scenarios are still going with the Blazers. It's on his left hand. So left hand, it's left still, hand. I mean, it's still a hand issue. It's still a hand injury. Yeah. But like, okay. So as a shooter, it's more of the grip, right? So it's more like, can he pick that ball up? So he'll, you'll see him probably have a string. Mm-hmm. If it swells up, he won't be able to bend it good. But, like, if he can get the swelling out, he'll be able to grab that ball all right. It'll be fine. But, like, okay. I feel like the series is going to go seven. I feel like it's going to be a constant adjustment each game. Um, for me, I think they played J.R. Smith last game. I thought they, that was great. They did. Um, I Here's the deal. Let's say Braun and AD and Dame, CJ, Nurk, Mello, they even out. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Right? So Gary I Trent, mean, people would say Kuz, but Kuz is probably one of the most overrated players in the NBA, I would say. Kuz has been playing well in the bubble. He's been playing well. Well, there's no consistent third option scoring-wise for the Lakers. You never know who it's going to be game to game. And that's where I'm like, a team that averages 120 points almost, scores 88, is just a – that's just a bad game, right? Okay, gone. If they had scored 118 and lost, then I'd say, oh – the Lakers not even close. But I don't know because you said Nurk, Mello, Dame, CJ equals LeBron. A. I don't know about that. Does that equal LeBron and AD? Scoring wise, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And what, why do you think LeBron hasn't looked as LeBron like in the bubble so far? 
I think he's trying to figure out what his team needs from him. Mm -hmm. so each game you're going to see a little bit different. Do they need him to be a 40-point guy? Do they need him to be a 15-point guy? Do they need him to be a 25-point guy? Like, does he need to be the point guard? Does he need to let Caruso go? Like, you're starting to see him throw it to Caruso. He'll set the screen. Then he'll be like the screen and roller, almost like a better version of Giannis on that role where he's like really throwing it around. Not to say that Braun, before people jump on me, <laughs> Braun is a way better passer than Giannis and playmaker. So just you'd have to be a moron to say otherwise. Yeah, everyone, everyone in the world agrees with you there. No one aggregate. No one aggregate that. Okay, there we go. Braun on a screen roll with a good guard is almost impossible to guard because you can't switch. And then on that roll, he's catching. He's a point guard, so he's throwing it all around. Oh, so he's a point guard. Really? How about that? Please tell Chops and Zion, my colleagues over here, that LeBron is a point guard. No, 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 no. Oh, hold no. Up. Let's add some context. We did a point guard ranking this week, right. and we Steph number one, Dame number two, but we didn't include LeBron because what are you looking? I at? tried to I tried to get LeBron on this list. I fought hard for it, but then and I we, had to we fall said back because no. they weren't hearing Where it. Where do you have Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons was on the list. He was but, on the list. Six, but six? for the majority oh, of the oh, season, yeah, ben Simmons, but you don't have Braun. The thank majority you, of the season, you. Ben thank Simmons you. has been playing point guard his whole career. Yeah, like, Ben Le Simmons. Has LeBron been, is the point guard of the Lakers. He obviously, been on this we know list. that. We know that he's yeah. the point guard of the Lakers, but historically, but he's, he's a not, point guard. He's not. He's not going down as a point guard when he retires. But no. he's a point guard right now. We did the top ten list supposed to be based on the point guards so right now. Is Luca a guard? Because Luca, yeah, we have Luca. Luca, Luca was. We had. I'm what? trying to think. I'm trying to think it back. We we went. Luca better be three. No, three. Oh, okay. Now, now that's. Five. I did want to get to that. I did want to get to that. Better than him. Well, okay. We're just going we, by the. We had Kyrie and Russ in front of Luca. Our top five right now is Curry. Number two was uh, Dame. Dame. Number three was Russ. Number yeah. four was Kyrie. Five Luca. Five Luca. Who was six? CP three. Yeah, CP three. So like then then Ben then Kemba. Yeah, that Trey Young, like, Trey Young and someone else. Yeah. And Lowry. Lowry. What are your thoughts on that? Is that a problematic top 10 list? Uh it's hard for me to put Okay, like this is wild. As much as we hate Kyle Lowry, that fucker wins. <laughs> That's why we had him in the top 10. Uh, That's what he did. He didn't yeah. win until last year. He's been in the Eastern Conference Finals. But, but he also has a bad rep of, of failing in the playoffs, too. Before the finals, he had a bad rep of that. More than Ben Simmons. I would put Kyle Lowry above Ben Simmons. I don't. Based eh. on winning. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't hate that. I don't yeah, hate I'm, that. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Okay, okay. And after this year, this is crazy. Okay, it's not crazy, but it's crazy. I put Luka ahead of Russ. Whoa, 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 whoa. Russ is, having, Russ is having a Do great season. you put him ahead of Kyrie as two? Oh, yeah. Russ was three for us. Uh, yeah, okay. Russ was three. We had Kyrie at four. I would put Kyrie three. Okay. I'm not mad at it. Luca four. And yeah. it's only because Russ has done it. Russ has done amazing things. Russ is going to mm. go to Hall of Fame. He's crazy. Good. But skill-wise, I think he's plateaued. Right, I just yeah. don't see the evolution of Russ's. He is who he is at this point. From, he is who he is. Where I think Luca still has. If you got him at five, think about what's he's twenty two. Yeah. He's still not shooting three efficiently. Yeah, he, he he's on the trajectory to be the the number one probably in, for sure. Uh, Steph's old. Uh, Steph Jamie. and Dame, you can argue. I to me, 
I like Damian Lillard because he's done more with less. Than Steph for one? Than Steph because Steph can say which he doesn't. Now, Steph is, again, a Hall of Famer, has done it, is a multiple champion, best shooter of all time. But here's a question that I ask people, which is a what if. Could Steph have done what Dame is doing in Portland with that crew over the last couple of years? See, that's a tough question, but it's I like... Mean, it's such a big hypothetical. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's hard to answer because people uh, tend to forget Steph's first few years in the league where he struggled and had ankle injuries. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they burst onto the scene with Clay and everything. Steph has probably one of the more complicated NBA careers totally. for, a, for a Hall of Famer that you could, could you have. Right, but like... When you play, when you have freedom of mind of looking across the court and there's a guy that can go up to 30 and a quarter at any moment, your responsibility is just be like the best you. Like there's really, I don't want to say there's no pressure. I think there's always pressure. But like for him, he's like, I got a good, I got like the best offender has to choose. It's me or you. So he can't go, just go. And in that system with Draymond, mm-hmm. who's like literally underrated screener, obviously playmaker, passer, like all he has to do is run around. You can't like to, to beat Steph, you have to grab him <laughs> and just be physical with him and beat him up. But it's hard to do that. It's almost like, I don't know. I think we're us and Toronto were the only teams to do it, to really be physical. You, you guys had a up. very frustrated game six of the finals. I will never forget. That man well, was angry. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like you had, because if you look, they, their offense is so amazing. Right, it's like a version of like the triangle with Mike D'Antoni's speed system, right? But when you have five guys that are skilled like that, who can get out and run and pass and shoot from God knows where, you have to, you have to make it a wrestle match, mm-hmm. right? You gotta grab them when they move and cut. If you make a mistake on the cut and don't grab them for a second, they're gone and they're shooting from behind Bogut, who was a good <laughs> passer, behind, you know, all Festus Azili, who was a good screener. But like, dude. Yeah, they. Uh, I just, they're just, uh, they're tough. They're tough. I'm not sure if I'm ready because, I mean, you're saying if Dame, Steph was in Dame's shoes, I mean, we kind of got a glimpse of it in the finals last year. I mean, he had 46, eight and seven that one game, and right. I mean, they lost. But I don't know. I think Steph can be in Dame's situation and do, and especially having CJ next to him. CJ yeah. is it's still, yeah, yeah. CJ very underrated. I think he would have been an all-star if he was in the East, one of those years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I love that question. I, I, I ask it with no opinion because it's a what if. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what if Will Chamberlain was playing? Well, Will Chamberlain's <laughs> not playing. Shut the hell up. Like, it wasn't a three-point line, right? We have In my career, I've seen six guys the size of Will, but obviously not that good. But yeah, it would have been different. Did you – what did you think of the draft lottery last night? Did, did – uh... What? <laughs> a, no offense to these kids. I just don't think they're coming into something that nobody knows what the heck is going on. Okay, they go to the, the kid goes to the Timberwolves. What are they even playing? They don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. It's March. What are you? Are they just practicing? I got my guys in Cleveland, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? Are y'all just sitting here? What, what's the summer? That's a nine month summer. Yeah. The, 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 the eight teams that didn't go to the bubble kind of got screwed from this whole thing. Super screwed. And so that's why I'm like. These kids, like, I don't – I just want to fast forward to the next two or three years because that's when they're going to really develop. But this, unless they put two or three bubbles, like one bubble in the West, one bubble in the, in the Midwest, one bubble in the East, these kids aren't going to get a real play on these 82 games, right? I think 
everyone is talking about these eight games in the Suns. We're like, that's it's it's easy to focus for eight games. They're college kids. It's an NCAA tournament. Yeah, two games with real life going on, injuries. You have outside influences. You have people on Twitter, right? Back to backs, all this stuff. That's why playing all eighty-two is amazing, right? That's why it's hard. That's why I like people who do it, like your Russell Westbrooks, like your James Harden, like your LeBrons, and you know, like your Clay Thompson for the most part, who I think is durable as shit. Uh, those guys, that's where they get the consistency from. Going back to the Cavs, I just have to ask. Here we go. Let, what, what? No, we, I thought we dead at the Cavs. No, 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 no. He, he, just, he didn't get into it. Here we go. Ask the way. Man, don't let him no, bully you. We spent an entire goddamn hour, two hours talking about the Cavs. I have barely go asked ahead. about 2016. I gave you the green light. Go ahead. Go ahead. What is one thing that people don't know about that team and kind of what you guys went through? Um, I think during the course of a year, right, and I was only there partial the year. Yeah, came in. When you play with superstars like Braun and Kyrie, that spotlight gets really, really, really hot. And I, I touched on this early. And sometimes that stress, that stress compounded with life stress, right? People having kids, girlfriend problems, wife problems, family problems becomes just kind of toxic and nothing is fun. I think when I got there and once the playoffs actually started, everybody went like, this is what we're here for, right? Mm-hmm. This is what uh, we're, it's easy for us to lock in, right? But when you give us like a big picture type thing, we're like, eh, we lost this game. We had some bad losses, right? Yeah, that yeah. year where people were like, we're like, man, get off up, right? <laughs> Turn this shit on, whatever. But like, I'll tell you this, I'll never forget it. The night before game seven, uh, we were sitting in a lobby hotel. So imagine, you know, basically our whole team sitting in a lobby of our hotel. And I'm just looking around, and we have a special room for us, right? Because obviously you got to be there for a week or whatever. So we have like a special private room for us. But we decided to sit in the lobby this day. And we're sitting there drinking wine, and we're like, it's just one game, right? And I remember looking around and seeing like Shump and Kyrie and Braun and Richard and all these dudes and being like, we literally have one thing on our mind and this is all, like, none of us want to go to our room. None of us want to get up because, obviously, we're not going to sleep anyways. But, like, to see that type of camaraderie, right, because at that point, we've been around each other so much. <laughs> we go to dinner, 13 out of 15 go, 15 out of 15 go. Like, it was it was a lot, right? Like, when I was done, I took a deep breath when we won. It was like, woo, if I don't see y'all for a week or two, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, Richard literally <laughs> retired from the NBA right after. Yeah, oh, yeah. Richard was – it's so emotionally exhausting, man. Like, uh, I got – when I got off the airplane and I tell this story, man, I was like so – mind you, I was still a little buzz from Vegas. But, like, <laughs> I drove home and I dropped my car off and my wife and I went to the margarita joint across from uh, – in, in Cleveland. Don Ramones. Shout out Don Ramones <laughs> with the gigantic margaritas. Uh and I sat and I looked at the video of us getting out the plane and just started crying because it just like hit me like, oh shit, we actually won. Like, I don't have a game, you know? Like, I don't have nothing to do. I don't have nothing to focus on. Like, I've, I've got it, right? And I keep this in here, right? Because I'm like, it's, a, it's an actual ring. Sorry. The actual ring, exactly. There we go. You see how he said actual? No. So <laughs> I'll pull mine out. Oh, no, your Kubik Zarconia can stay in the drawer, pal. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look at that beauty. Ooh. There we go. Chang oh, yeah. showing off the the certified Ch legit diamond encrusted championship was, ring. Was was that was that team harder on anybody than Kevin though? Because uh, no, you know what? No, maybe me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. But they the reason why everyone was so hard on Kevin is because Kevin is fucking good. Yes. Right. Kevin is so skilled. I think obviously he's in Cleveland. So sorry, Cleveland fans. Sometimes he gets he doesn't get the respect that he should. He's had injuries the last couple of years. Dude, this dude in his sleep could get 12 and 12, right? In his sleep. He's, he can shoot. He can pass. You know, he can score off the dribble. He's always taking care of his body. He's morphed himself into an all-star caliber guy when he plays. And it was just like we wanted to constantly push him. Um, and Braun and Kyrie know how to push people their way. And then I push people the other way. So I push you by just making fun of you all the time. <laughs> I put in a, in a, a caring way, you know? Yeah. And so when Richard and I, we really took to Kevin. Kevin's a great dude. He's my best friend uh, still. Um, and, and I think we just wanted, we knew we needed him, right? And if Kevin doesn't have the trust with Richard and I, he doesn't play as well coming off the bench. Because mm -hmm. remember, he got concussed and Richard yeah. had to start. Yeah. And if his ego was in the way, or if he didn't trust us, or if he didn't think that like we knew he could be better coming off the bench, right? Because their first guy off the bench was Andre Godala, which was a way better matchup for him than Harrison Barnes. So they put Richard, so Richard, Kyrie, Braun, Tristan, and JR, mm -hmm. you could switch all those guys. Yeah. But with Kevin, you have to have a, a, a like a scheme, right? Is he gonna be in a drop? Is he gonna be in a show? But with Andre, Right? Or they, yeah, with Andre or Draymond Green at the five, you could play Kevin with that because he can be in a, a like a scheme. And so if he doesn't trust us, we don't know how that does his mind go somewhere like, fuck, I need to start this NBA Finals. He doesn't care because he's like, we're here now. I trust you. You're my brothers. We're here to win. And so that to me was one of the most unsung things in that whole series uh, about the whole thing. That was uh, pretty amazing. You, you mentioned Kyrie pushing people. Obviously, Kyrie has had so much happen since Cleveland. Oh yeah. What, what do you, what, having been around him, what is your perception of how people look at Kyrie and how he's perceived as like a leader and everything? And Kyrie, is it, and is it you and Richard's fault for the for the flat Earth thing because you guys started people <laughs> uh, started people questioning Kyrie with the flat Earth podcast? Listen, here, here's but and obviously you know I don't know if you listen, but what Kyrie said was. I'm not a guy to just take what people tell me and use that as my word. Yeah, so whether yeah. the earth is round or flat, right? I don't know. I've not been up to space. So like, <laughs> obviously you're going to show me pictures of shit, but to his point, we have history books that don't include the history of America. That's true. Yeah. So like you're reading the book from one, one perspective. And so he obviously Kyrie is super into like, you know, third mind and all that kind of stuff. But Kyrie walks his own path. And if you don't walk next to him and, and try to learn about him, he seems like a dick, right? And Kyrie is so talented and so focused, like on winning and getting to a championship and being the best him that he's like, well, fuck you. You're not working as hard as me. Get the fuck out of here. Like next, who's up, right? He's not very nice when he talks, like unless you get him by himself because he's like, I'm doing all this work. I want you to work as hard as me, right? Yeah. 
And so I respect him. Like, I, have we cussed each other out a couple of times? For sure. Would I have him on my team? Fuck yes. <laughs> right? You just gotta, you gotta create a dialogue with him. You just can't be his teammate. You gotta understand where he's coming from. Right? And we did. And we had a great time. Like, he's deep, man. He reads a lot of books. What he says, he's about that life. Like, he's about to smoke, giving a million dollars to the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Right? He's, when it comes to skill work, when it comes to taking care of his body, he's trying to be on the Mount Rushmore of the greatest ever. And that pressure sometimes comes out of him, not in the best way, but when you understand what he's trying to do in his career, you go, okay, I can, I can, I get why you're who you are, right? I get why that comes off not so nice, but that's why you have vets on his team for it. That's why you have vets that explain, hey man, you didn't really mean that. Like if a coach says, sit your ass on the bench, you suck. Just <laughs> like, hey man, that's not a good matchup for you, right? Like, yeah. Do you do you think it's going to work in Brooklyn with him and KD? I mean, who's going to guard who? I just meant more. Is is that going to work from oh, them leading yeah. that team? Also, you know, um, I we'll see. I'll be watching. I don't. I don't know who they're going to bring in or who they're going to get rid of. People are saying Ty Lue, who you have obviously been around. That would it be- can't be Jason Kidd. They cannot bring Jason Kidd back. <laughs> no. no, I mean, they need somebody that can actually talk to Kyrie and KD. Is that like, Ty? This is for sure. Ty's like, hey, man, look, if you don't want to do it, go sit down. Is that Greg Popovich, too? Zion's a Nets fan and has a theory that the Nets are going to hire I'm, Greg Popovich. I'm not saying they're going to hire him. I'm saying they have a shot because... Greg Popovich is not a great situation right now in San Antonio. That, There's no way. Uh, stop it. Exactly. I'm, I'm just. I'm retiring <laughs> from basketball again. <laughs> hey, the, uh, I think the Nets have a great culture. If they can, if if their culture is as good as I think it is, and they bring in the right coach, they'll be fine. They'll be really good. I think they'll be top four in the in the, way, in the East. Only top they, four. They're not better than Boston. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you're forgetting that who Kevin Durant is. He's Ka- here. Who's your center? Jared Allen? Jer- DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan's as old as me. DeAndre Jordan's still putting he's still put he's still very rich. Channing, could on, you play bro. right now? What if the Nets called you and they need a stretch five? Could you play right ah, now? I don't want to play, man. I don't I just lost the love of it. Really? Yeah. Uh just because it's like I went through three styles of basketball. Like when I got in the league, it was all post up. Yeah. And it was like the six seconds or less. And I played on those teams. Then it was like, I just, I guess I don't love, it's not that I don't love it. I just don't love playing it. Cause like. <laughs> or did the business wear you down? Yeah. That's basically what it well, is. Well, I mean, you're the way things ended in Cleveland, obviously it didn't seem that team seemed like pretty much a train wreck. Uh, yeah, that that rubbed me really wrong. And uh, I'll listen, I'm not on the business part, and they got to do what they had to do. But that to me rubbed me very, very wrong, and I think it rubbed a lot of us wrong. Just because we felt like, even though Braun was gone, give us a chance to like show, have a sense of pride. Yeah, right. Like Jr. came back, I came back, Kyle Corver came back, Tristan, Kevin. We had a team. I think George Hill was there, so we were like, hey, mm-hmm. we want to try and win. We want to go to the playoffs, right? And then six games later, they were like, and blew that shit up. And we we're like, man, fuck. <laughs> all right, have, all right, do you think, I, I got it, this is a super cash question, but Colin yeah, yeah. Sexton, obviously you were pretty critical of Colin 
yeah. early on. But I, that's what he's too. I think he's great. I think he's I, th- a good I think he's turned. I think he turned a corner a little bit this year. Absolutely. I think you look at Kemba Walker and the success he had in Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. But Kemba's teammates rode out for him all the time because he made the right play. They knew he was a really good scorer, but he made the right play. So for me, being critical of Colin is, I know how hard that kid works. To me, he's top 10, hardest working kid I've ever played with, ever. Oh, wow. Ever. He's psychotic. (laughs) He has the talent and he has the wherewithal. But I expect you, if you have the information to play the game the right way and to make the right reads, to do that as much as possible. Now, if you can't, I don't expect that from you. I wouldn't have said anything. But me, being me, I know he knows how to play the game the right way. I know he can score whenever he wants. But that does not always equal winning. So if you're averaging 30 and your team has nine wins, that's your fault. Yeah. Partly, partly, right? Because you have the talent to get other people involved and go get your 30. Mm-hmm. I know he can. He will be a really good guard, a really good pro for his whole career. And so why I was tough on him was I was just more like, I don't, I wasn't in the locker room and I love Tris and I love Kevin, but I, somebody asked me my opinion and I have to be real. I know he can, he can average seven, eight assists easy. Yeah. He's too fast, too strong, too explosive. And he just needs to build that part of his game up for the Cavs to be good again. Cause once that happens, they have the talent. It'll change the whole complex, the whole, situation there in cleveland where's kevin love gonna end up though because that's i mean i wouldn't be surprised if we went to portland every everybody says portland though is it still a fit now with with mellow there and uh zach collins uh kind of i mean growing a little bit i mean if you have an opportunity to get an all-star hall of famer or you're gonna go with zach collins no offense but like <laughs> You got to factor in the price as well. I understand. He makes a lot of money. He makes a lot of money. I think Nurk isn't making a lot of money. Yeah. Trevor Reza isn't making a lot of money. Somebody's going to offer Melo, no offense, somebody's going to offer Melo a bag for one year. Yeah. Uh, Off of this. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I mean, a a reasonable bag. Nothing crazy. No, no. 8 million. They're going to be like, come on over. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Not 20 million, but like, yeah. Can he he maybe get around 8 to 10 million? Yeah. That's probably (laughs) reasonable. For sure. Somebody's got 10. Mello has made. Well, for no, his production is definitely worth more than 8 to 10 million dollars. But especially if Mello is your third or fourth best guy. Yeah. Oh, 8 million. Come on over here. You're going to hold guys accountable. If we need to win a game and our other two guys' little sphincters are tight, here you go. You know, <laughs> he'll be great for the culture. Great for the culture. So um, I don't know if he'll be back. So that's also stuff. Um, Rodney Hood's coming back. I just think Zach Collins is still a year or two away from being is living up to his hype. He's still playing super college fast, right, in his mind. He, like, fouls mm-hmm. a lot. He's, like, all over the place. He doesn't have, like – when Zach goes in the game, what do you give me other than energy? Yeah. Right? You're not Kenneth Fareed. You're not an energy guy. Right? You're not getting – You're not quite Montrez Harrell. Montrez, yeah. yeah. You're not – but Montrez gives you a bucket. Yeah. He's a walking oh, bucket. Oh, no, no. He will, he will work the shit out of you. Right, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Who is Zach Collins? And he's – obviously he's had injuries, but I'm still trying to figure out who he is and where the – I think they'd want him to be a young Channing Fry, a, a stretch five type <laughs> – 
<laughs> they want him, I think they want him to be a guy who can go to the three and shoot a big man who can, you know, you gotta, you either have that attitude or you don't, it's yeah. hard to learn it. Cause if yeah. he misses two, right. If he misses two, he gonna go back to being who he was. Yeah. Like I had to unlearn all that in Phoenix. They were like, yeah. that's an awful shot. Get your ass back out there. I'm <laughs> like, what if I shoot 10? They said, shoot 20. If you're over <laughs> shoot 20. I said, shit. Okay. <laughs> Get ready. I don't care. I'll sit out here all day. Just, I just don't know if people can learn that attitude. Hmm. It's hard yeah. for guys to do that. You already gave us one playoff hot take with the Blazers hot take. Do you have any other playoff hot takes as we go through here? Dude, what, what are we thinking about the Bucks? I'm not sold on the Bucks. No offense. I love Kyle Corbett, George Hill, my guys. They are so robotic in their in how they play. Yeah. Right? Like, I why would Buttonholes or change his ways? He's been winning. So if you're winning, why change? In the regular season. He wins in the like, regular season, Shannon. A little bit different. Here's, here's the problem. When you go up against teams like not Dallas, Boston, Toronto, these teams with really good two, three, four men who are six, nine, you switch all that stuff. Giannis doesn't really have a handle. If you watch the game yesterday, left, 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 spin, right, dunk. Mm-hmm. Left, 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 spin, right, dunk. Right, 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 bully, bully, bully. I, I think there are three or four teams that could beat the Bucks right now. Really? Three or four? Yeah. I'll say three. Okay. Three would be Toronto, mm-hmm. Miami, uh, Toronto, Miami, and Boston. Do you think it happens though? Yes. Yes. Really? So they so would. Then, so then, a counter question to that, or additional question to that, is Giannis still in the Bucks when and, the next season begins? Hmm. To be honest, it's going to sound bad. I hope not. Hmm. I hope not. Do you want to see I him would, go elsewhere? Don't you want to see I him in the Warriors? No, no, I don't want to see that. Oh. <laughs> would that Shane ruin basketball? That. If Giannis went to the Warriors, would that ruin basketball? <laughs> it's, we saw what happened when KD went. Yeah, KD they don't need any more of that. Let's, let's like, show. I want Giannis to play in a different system. I think he's turning too robotic for me. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm like, look, he is unreal. Yeah. Right? He is a freak in every all parts of the basketball game. I want him to be challenged to be better – skill wise like maybe somebody needs to talk to him about like his mentality when it comes to shooting right i i know he tries sometimes and i don't know what's happening but for him to be an mvp i would like him to see him get better skill wise mm-hmm. for me for I mean, me and i just don't i think he's gotten better strength wise i think he's got better attitude wise i think his teammates have gotten a shitload better but i have i from last year's mvp to now Skill wise, yeah, I have not seen it. I mean, I mean, can you win a championship with Chris Middleton as your second best player? I've always said no. I don't think so. So, I mean, that's the Bucks' problem right there. They have so many. If you notice, Brooke Lopez gets the ball at the end of the game, <laughs> a lot of time. But Brooke Lopez is a walking bucket when they ask him to be that. Right? People forget when he was on the Nets, was averaging twenty five points. Yeah. Right. He's almost unstoppable. But within that system. It's just in playoffs, you just got to go to your big dogs and let them eat, and everyone else got to get the Jays, right, when they get open. But it's just like they do – they're so robotic. You know, Giannis, dribble, dribble, dribble in the middle, and everyone sits on the corners, right? And then they just put better shooters. So you're relying on everyone else to shoot and him get dunks. And I don't know. It's just if they win, 
then I don't know shit. But I don't. I think there are teams like I think Miami's team is built to combat all that type of basketball. Like yeah. they can switch, 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 switch. Bam gives Giannis troubles. Bam gives Giannis troubles. Bam gives people trouble. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. And they are tough. And and here's the thing. I notice you start noticing people start testing Giannis, right? Mm-hmm. Giannis is now headbutting people <laughs> right now. He's playing the Magic, and the Magic are they took that game because they just shut his shit down, and they're without two of their best defenders for the most part. Yeah. So what happens when he plays Miami, and all of a sudden now you got Jimmy Butler talking shit, bam, you got Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, you're talking legit defenders right there. So who's who's creating for who? And you know Pat Riley's going to use that as a recruiting tool for Giannis, that series. If Giannis went to Miami, that would be a problem. Uh, we had Shams on, and Shams said, that Shams said that you know Miami's going to be aggressive going after free agents. With that would be dirty. I would love to see that. They're trying to get Oladipo too, for sure. They've, yeah, they're trying to talk to him. They've been sweet talking. That would, how much? How much recruiting is going down? How much tampering is going on in the bubble right now? Nah, not that much. Not more than what already happens. That's what already happens? Yeah, people people talk all the time. Like guys are from they the start same. drinking wine, then they start talking. <laughs> no, it's yeah. You just say, hey man, what's up? Like people have the same agents. All that stuff happens all the time. So like. The real factor is like, can you fit in that system? Who is the coach? What is the culture like? That is what guys care about more often. Like, you know, back in the day, they were like, hey, I just want a chance to play. You're like, man, most of these teams, you got to get a chance to play when you go out there. Look what's happening. Like, did you have a problem with Draymond's comments about Devin Booker? No, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't affect his his pockets. I'm just saying, people pe- people were up all in arms about like, oh, you shouldn't do that, and then he got fined, and like, you know, people are very sensitive. Evan right now. Booker is about to make. Did he make three hundred million dollars? Uh, he will at some point. Yeah, where's th- he going? He's not leaving Phoenix. He's the king. Yeah. No state income tax in Arizona. Also, stop it. Yeah, listen. Nobody want to live in dirty San Francisco. No offense, San Francisco. <laughs> listen, he can hop on a quick PJ Whoa. to go see Ken- Kendall Jenner. Yeah, he, feel, he's I, okay in, yeah. in Phoenix. It's a quick the same trip about to Calabasas. Cleveland. I feel Phoenix the same about Cleveland. NBA city by far. <laughs> Channing, well, the, the irony of Draymond saying that is if the Warriors did trade for Devin Booker, Draymond would probably be in the trade. Oh, oh, James Jones is not drunk. <laughs> trade Devin Booker for Draymond Green. I, no, thank you. And the two pick? I don't know. Do you, what, what do we who pick? Who's the number two pick? Is it Jesus? <laughs> Jesus in the draft? You're tripping. Devin Booker will be a son his whole career. Unless I Devin forgot Bo- that James Jones was a GM. So you, so, so that's uh, that's that 2016 bond right there. Dude, but he knows what the fuck he's doing. Look, he created yeah, that. Yeah, but there's ownership know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, uh, what I've heard is that they trust oh, James Jones enough. And All right, well, if he, falls, if he falls back, then that's one thing. But if he doesn't... Yeah, yeah. You trust me, yes. As a, I, as a Knicks fan, I can attest to oh, meddling and what, and yes, yeah. Dude, man. Yes, I, we, we, we won't get started. Let's not get started. Let's not get started. to be good, and it's just like they keep stumbling and stumbling. Yes, because it starts like, at the top. Yeah. We're not saying the names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what <laughs> Could anybody else on that 2016 Cavs team be a GM in the NBA? Could Richard be an NBA GM? Oh, I think we've no. enough 2016 nah, Cavs no questions for this podcast, Chops. <laughs> we're um, trying to get more Richard quotes. We don't. We haven't got enough Richard quotes from Tanner. Braun, Braun, for sure. No, he uh, couldn't. Uh, LeBron sure. tweet. I love LeBron more than anybody. He tweeted Shamaz Napier is going to be a problem in the NBA. 
He could uh, be a Shabazz homer. Napier, champion yeah, at UConn, has been a good role player. So nah, relax. I don't that. know about that one. We've seen MJ be an owner, Channing. Yeah, uh, I fuck with the Hornets. I'm not gonna lie. I what? like. What? I like the Hornets. What about them? They haven't yeah, been good. I like them this year. I thought Devontae Graham yeah. and uh, Graham was good. But, was but good. Uh, throwing a bag at Rozier made yeah. No look sense. at this. You you throw, <laughs> you, you threw a bag <laughs> at Rozier and, and and Graham played the way he did. That looks bad. Rozier, Graham doesn't play like that if Terry Rozier doesn't have respect like that. Terry Rozier can go. Terry Rozier is like to me on this like a Karis Levert level of can 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 who. This is the first year he's had a chance to really go out and do his thing. You know I'm a Nets fan. I, I don't know if I can let that slide. Hoopers? Who? Karis LeVert is gone. What do you think? Better get his jersey now. Boom, gone. Well, Somebody Zion back. wants to trade him for Bradley Beal. I, I said we could. Okay, I said we drunk. could. Oh, we could. It's too early. What time is that? Are you in the East Coast? Yeah, yeah, we on the East. Three o'clock. It's right. almost cocktail out here in New York. Got a little lunch beer. I get it. Chan, uh, before we get you out of here, uh, Clippers map series. Do you, is there any, what, what are we thinking there? Because that's another one. Dallas, it, it could be 2-0 if KP doesn't get thrown out. I love it. But again, guard play. The Clippers miss Patrick Beverly, and it's hard for them to create for each other, which I noticed last game, and I said that in a tweet. Like, mm. they don't have one person who can, like, break the defense down, find, kick, get Paul George an open shot. When you're asking Lou Will, who's a scorer, gets to the free throw line guy, to now play with his head up, looking around, it changes the vibe. And Kawhi, you know, they're like, here, Kawhi, get us a bucket. He's looking uh, mortal. He's not looking like, oh, shit, he's the best player in the NBA. Like, he's looking like, okay, it's just Kawhi. He's going to give you a 20 and, 20 and 7. But, like, I don't know their continuity isn't right, right? They're not like – Well, I mean, they barely played together all season long. Then you yeah. have well, like the, the massive break. Mancho just maybe. came back. Lou was gone a little bit. Yeah, it's like continuity has been their biggest issue he, the entire year. But when they put it all together, that is the most versatile roster by far in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, but listen, when we say can they pull it together, we've been asking the 76ers to pull it together for That's seven true. years. They can't. They cannot. Like, Wait, who's getting traded first? Uh, which one they getting oh, rid of? That's it's it's going to be what do you get the most value out of Ben Simmons? Do you think that's the right move to build around Embiid instead of Simmons? Ooh, it's tough. I I like big guards, man. I'd rather have a big guard all day like Ben Simmons. You can put him anywhere in the slot one through five. Mm-hmm. You can play him at the five and be and have other players and still be disgustingly good. I like bigger guards that defend. He's an underrated defender. I don't know if you guys. He's ridiculously good. Yeah, yeah. I me. I would keep Ben Simmons and put – because now I can find a European or a skilled big man to shoot. Mm-hmm. If you have two or three, four guys that can shoot past dribble, you you have a chance. Mm-hmm. You give me – hey, guess what? I'll take Vooch and Ben Simmons. What I you just, doing on that screen and roll? That's I just don't think that building around Embiid makes sense in the 2020 NBA landscape. Some people like big men. I mean, it's different. Like in a playoffs, you would say – most playoffs, you would say, hey, it's a big man thing. But what happens when you come to the West Coast and now Porzingis is dotting your eyeballs with all the threes <laughs> from half court? Like, yeah. the game is evolving. Like if your big man cannot evolve and guard two or three different positions, get up and down the court, it's it's tough. I do, want, I do want to get to, before we get you out of I do want to get to your hot take that you had not too long ago. Yeah. Um, because you, you got a little backlash for it. The, yeah. The uh, MJ – yeah, yeah. I'll read the quote for people who, for the audience. He read only, 
he only had one, really one job, and that was just to score. And he did that at an amazing, amazing rate. But I don't feel like his way of winning would translate to what it is now. Guys wouldn't want to play with him. Now, you got backlash for it. So yeah. I just want you know give you an opportunity to explain that quote. So I feel like, and if you look at the stats, Jordan was an amazing scorer. Between Jordan and Pippen, they took 65% of the shots. Hmm. In today's game, right, most of the time, you cannot be successful with two guys shooting that many times. Mm-hmm. Right? Look at James Harden. James Harden is the best scorer of our generation next to Kevin Durant. They don't shoot half as much based on, like, the game. Obviously, the game is slower, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan would shoot 25 times. The next guy would be three or four. Right? And that's just the thing. It would be hard for guys nowadays. Jordan was also playing with vets, right? Always had vets on his team. What do you think Jordan is doing? Do you think if you're Zion Williamson, you think you're the number one pick, you would want to play with Jordan? Because you're not going to develop. That was my opinion on that. Like, yeah. is Jordan going to win with vets? Obviously, yes. Is Jordan on the Mount Rushmore of basketball? Yes. Is Jordan great? What my saying was his philosophy of cussing kids out, you know, being mean, not letting people eat. People, that's not our, the generation we live in right now. You couldn't do that. Look at Jimmy Butler got traded three times. Cussing <laughs> out the starters. That's what that was my point was. But you know, the Jordanites get all huffy and puffy. And then when I don't think Jordan is outright the greatest NBA player, I say, hey, there is a Mount Rushmore. I have never played against Jordan. I have played against Kobe. In his prime, I played against Tim Duncan, Dirk, uh, uh, LeBron. I've seen what LeBron can do, right? So for me, Shaq, the end of Shaq's career, I caught an elbow from him that hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> so for me, you to just say outright one player is just the greatest of all time is, I don't want to say disrespecting everybody before him and everybody after him. He took advantage of his time, put him on a Mount Rushmore, he was the first because the NBA was going into this global game, and he absolutely opened more doors than any other player other than LeBron could open, right? Mm-hmm. I think Jordan is the greatest winner of all time. So I will always. So, so my quick follow-up to that is, does Jordan win six championships in this era? Based on, I mean, you would have to see his team. With the you roster, have, with the type of roster he had. Let me ask been. you this: Is Jordan coming back three-one against the Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> we will never know, but I know one team has. Yes, <laughs> I, I would say Jordan will win a lot. Six is crazy. Six is nuts. Six is nuts because look, Scotty Pippen got what two million dollars? You're tripping. <laughs> Somebody would have. Nowadays, if your team is good, somebody's throwing a bag at you. Yeah. There's salary cap issues, right? There's not the same. There are so many different variables, but I love this. This is what I call like a barbershop conversation. Yeah. I think Jordan would obviously, people say, oh, Jordan would average 50. You're drunk. <laughs> 50 fucking points? Look at James Harden. In the, in the fastest system in the history of the NBA, one of the highest scoring systems in the NBA, and he can't even average 40. Yeah. It, just doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. And Jordan, not till the end of his career, started shooting threes, but still shot pull-up twos. So is Jordan shooting 50 times a game, 40? I just – it's a different game, right? And, yeah. and you look at – like right now in the Raptors, just players that you would say, okay, I could put this body on Jordan. Fred Van Vliet, 
Uh, and Anubi, Siakam. You put a Fred Van Vliet I, on, on Jordan? I, no, no, no. Because remember, Gary Payton was guarding Jordan. Fred Van Vliet is as big as Gary Payton. So stop. <laughs> Gary with Gary's a great one of the greatest defenders of all time, though. Fred Van Vliet is a very solid, but I'm just saying yeah, body wise, right? Like, like he'll still get his. You're just throwing a body at him type thing. Yeah. All bodies, right? Yeah. But back in the day, it was like shit. We can't even put John Stockton on. <laughs> yeah. But like you look at some of these teams, obviously I'm looking at one of the best teams, the team that won last year. You you can even look at like Norman Powell. And mind you, these dudes would give him tr- not trouble, but they would like bother him a little bit, right? It's just bodies. <laughs> guys are taller now. Yeah. Don't even go to Miami. It's like every guy is taller than Jordan. Well, well Channing, five guys. Channing, Kenny Smith came on this podcast and said LeBron is number 10 overall all time and Kobe's not top 10. Okay, but see, I love that. But he knows what what he's watching, what he watched, and who he played with. He put Nate My, Archibald in the top ten. Very different. Who was his top ten though? He, he had was, Nate Archibald in there. Yeah, Oscar. Oh, see, and, Oscar he had the older guys. Five. Oscar was in there. Mine would be all '90s guys, right? <laughs> I would say, in no particular order, because I can't. Shaq, Olajuwon, Jordan, Kobe, KD, LeBron. Dirk, uh, for me, I did watch Kareem. I was about to say Kareem, yeah. Magic. No bird or is bird last? I wouldn't say bird. Here's okay. This is this last pick is is a is a is my pick because he doesn't get enough credit for what he did. But will be like Isaiah Thomas. Ooh, okay. Over Steph. Gave you my chance in the NBA. Over Steph. Steph's well, not... well, we know how he feels about Steph. So, like, yeah, it, it makes <laughs> no, sense. No, uh, no. Don't get me wrong. No, I love Steph. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I don't love Steph. Oh, okay. Right? I, I respect the shit out of Steph. <laughs> I respect the shit out of him. I personally <laughs> would want to play with Damian Lillard instead. That's just me. I there personally would want to play with Damian Lillard. That's fair. That's fair. Channing, this was remarkable. We appreciate you. Man. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Any- a little too much Cavs talk for some of our liking, but no, we'll no that's not true. We have a big Ohio base. <laughs> thank you guys you so too, much, Doc. Thank you, Channing. Thank you so thank much. You no problem. See you guys. Right. We'll see you guys. Adios, guys. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Uh, That's probably one of my favorite conversations we've ever had in this podcast. Thank you so much to Channing Fry for coming through. As you guys could probably guess, uh, we recorded that last Friday so that's before the Luca game winner. And Channing tweeted, I saw over the weekend, that he took back his Blazers and seven predictions. So you can't take it back. He took it back on Twitter. I, I think he knew this was coming. We're recording this on Monday, so we don't know what game four of the Lakers series has in store for us yet. But uh, huge shout to Channing Fry. Um, really cool dude. I appreciate him for you know stopping by and talking to us for that long. 
send some wine. Yeah, send some wine. To- That'll appear in a war my way, please. Like I said, don't send Adam no wine, but thank you for showing us a real championship ring too as well. Cause, um, <laughs> Good call, Zion. Shops has been showing us this Dave and Buster's ring. Hand wave your cubic zirconia replica, pal. And you guys you guys hate on my very authentic, very official. Very inauthentic. Literally sent to me. From Dave and Buster's. No, from <laughs> Dan Gilbert's company. So From the Jersey Shore Boardwalk. All right. <laughs> F you guys. Let's get to our next interview with... Bryson DeChambeau, who is currently in the FedEx FedEx Cup playoff, that is ongoing. Uh, first tournament didn't go really his way. This was recorded before that tournament happened. And sometimes you have a rough few days in the links. Yeah. What are you going to do? Sometimes, you know, uh, Bryson's one of the biggest names in golf right now because he's very uh, different, let's say. He's the incredible Hulk off the tee right now. He, he goes about things in a very different way. He finished top 10 in the Wyndham Rewards thing. So congrats to him. But yeah, FedEx Cup playoffs have two more weeks to go. But yeah, Bryson did not go for the best of start. But still, Chops, I think it's, the listeners will learn quickly. It was a good conversation. Yeah, it was, it was great. Bryson, he was fun. Uh, he didn't, I think the biggest criticism of him is he takes himself too seriously, but he was pretty loose with us. So that was cool. Uh, so let's get to that conversation. Bryson, uh, we're excited to have you. You're coming off uh, a few top four finishes at the Wyndham, PGA. Obviously, mm-hmm. the FedEx Cup coming up. So, uh, I mean, we we just got to start off by asking, Bryson, why do people think you have ruined this sport of golf? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Happy Gilmore, I guess, right? <laughs> you look at Happy Gilmore, what he did. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, a lot of people can say that um, I've pushed the boundaries on a lot of things. And for me, it's always been about that. You know me. Uh, if you've ever followed me at all, I guess you could say, I've always tried to push the limits on things. I've done face-on putting, one-length irons. I've always just tried to find a distinct advantage, and um, this is just uh, another one of those. But how when mad, you, are, people, go ahead, how mad are people going to be when you win the U.S. Open? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what to think about if, if that was to happen. A lot of people would not be happy for sure, but I'm sure there'd be a lot of people that would be like, that's super cool. It's inspirational. That's what I hope they, they do. This is the, the reason why I've done all this is to inspire people and uh, try and show people that if you really work hard, you can get some pretty cool things done. Uh, but I'm sure there'll be people that, you know, the naysayers for I sure. I mean, there's there's traditionals out there. You know, Jack Nicholas kind of alluded to this without naming you. There's other guys that have taken shots here and there, getting subtle shots. But, like, I mean, it's cool to see you, like, literally swing out of your goddamn shoes and crush the ball <laughs> 400 yards and then have, like, a 60, you know, 60-yard chip and knock it in for yeah. birdie. Like, that's fun. It goes back to Happy Gilmore, and it's just a new kind of innovative way of doing the game. So, I, you know, you get the traditionals get all pissy about stuff. But it's, like, it's I, I like as a Yankees fan, it's fun to watch Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton right. swing for the fences it's fun right. to watch you hit the shit out of the ball on the tee yeah. every single time you're teeing up with the driver yeah thank you no it's something that uh, no matter what they do whether they take the the golf ball back or clubs back you know they're never going to take away the gym for me and i think that people are starting to realize that they can work out and get stronger learn how to swing faster and uh you know you look at tony fee now he's even kind of throwing some shots at me going hey i got it to 206 and it's inspirational i, I think it's great and it's just going to move the sport forward i hope in a positive direction um, you know, there's going to come a point in time where golf courses, uh, are going to have to either tighten up, lengthen the rough, get faster greens because the length surely isn't, uh, going to matter too much anymore. I don't think my buddy wants to know if the PGA record for swing speed this year, are you going to take full credit for that? If the, if the record's broken, 
Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> I, I would think so. I mean, you consider what I was at last year. I mean, my ball speed uh, was around like 175 or something. And now my ball speed on average is, um, you know, 190, something like that. 193. So, you know, for driving distance, 323.9 right now. This week, it's, it's going to be hot. Um, ball's going to run out a lot, too. Olympia Field is going to run out a lot. Atlanta, I hope it's going to be firm and fast. If that's the case, I think I'll do it, and that'll be pretty special, man. Uh, that'll be cool. I think Hank Keeney has it, 322 or 323 or something like that. So I'm just over it, but uh, hopefully I can, uh, I can beat that. Yeah, I mean, again, based on the way you've been swinging, I think it's definitely going to fall. But uh, Bryson, like, you obviously got a ton of notoriety for how you change your workouts or, you know, adding the 20 yeah. pounds of muscle. Um, and you've been kind of uh, – you're getting a lot of questions about the diet. So how many protein shakes have you had so far? I know we're taping this at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, this is my second one already. Okay, second so. one. You, and you're about six to seven Bro. protein shakes per day now? Yes. Yeah, but I am uh, – I know it's crazy, but I am actually doing – uh, some blood work. I, I've seen a doctor. I saw a doctor a uh, couple days ago and uh, we're getting some blood work done, making sure everything's dialed in. I don't want to be doing anything that's going to potentially damage me for the future. But yes, well, I mean, I yeah, am you, you said it's all healthy food. It's no, no supplements, but right. I mean, again, with the way you're right. hitting the shit out of the ball, some people assume that you're taking steroids. <laughs> They're always going to think that, but that's just a compliment to how hard I've worked for sure. There you go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So Bryson, we got to ask, obviously you and Brooks, Back and forth yeah. all the time. A little subtle, you know, competition. So who's Shooter McGavin in this situation? You brought up Happy Gilmore earlier. You're, if you're happy, is he your shooter? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> look, I, 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 maybe. I'm not going to say too much of that, but I do appreciate the fact that he's throwing uh, throwing some stuff at me just because uh, I think there's a, a little bit of a sign of respect for, for, for me there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a compliment to me personally with how hard I've worked. And he said some great things. Um, in the past about, you know, you can say whatever you want, but he's the one that's put the work in and he's doing better, which I appreciate. And, uh, you know, I respect, he's obviously an unbelievable player. He's won four majors, got nothing against him on that. Love the fact that uh, he's doing it his own way and I'm doing it my own way. And that's what, uh, competition is all about. And I, I think it'll be fun come the U S open and masters will be uh, battle, battling it out for sure. We here at Complex, obviously, we, we love the NBA. We follow it more than anything else and write about it and cover it more than anything else. Um, the NBA is incredibly petty with each other and the superstars sniping each other on social media and in the interviews and stuff like that. How petty do you guys get on the PGA Tour with each other? Um, well, <laughs> personally, I mean, I you can say whatever to... you want to say. I, you know, if you uh, want to get into trouble, that's up to you. But just, yeah, we're just curious how petty you guys get. It's good <laughs> for the game, I think. It is. We love day. it to the media. We love it. I think it's great for sure. Uh, for me, I, I would like to say a lot more, but you know, <laughs> I, I would appreciate uh, the fact that uh, my sponsors have told me that hey, just come on, keep keep it light, keep it easy, and have some fun. <laughs> so I got some sponsors that, that that I need to make sure are taken care of and make sure that you know I don't do anything wrong. But for sure, there, there's definitely behind the scenes fun stuff. <laughs> well, that's the thing with golf in 2020. I think you're kind of driving it to be more fun then you know so so what's that mean for you making the sport more fun and kind of making it less you know buttoned up a little bit well i think a perfect example is happy gilmore i want to hit the ball as far as i can so people like oh my gosh what the heck how did that happen uh that's impossible right something like that you know so for me it's just about giving great entertainment to to the fans and uh i i hopefully i can't wait for the day that the fans are back out here so they can see it in person yeah it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm feel bad for them. And that's one of the things that, that I wish they could see 
uh, is, is me personally. It's it's totally different from a, a year ago. But what would the comments be from the fans with you changing your body composition crazily? Dude. It's like what what would they be saying to you on the fairway? <laughs> I don't even know what they would say personally. I don't even want to know what they would say, but I'm sure there'd be some some fun adjectives said to me. <laughs> Something that I probably couldn't say here. <laughs> who, who's who's the best non-pro who you've played with? That's like uh, like a known person, like a like this. Obviously, Steph's very good. Um, um, are you trying to play with MJ soon? You know, MJ is obviously very. That would be a competitive. Yeah. That would oh, be yeah. a competitive uh, match. We would go after it for sure. It would be something else to be seen. I wish we could do like an HBO special or something on it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> they can make that happen. Yeah, yeah we can. Yeah. Let's, let's get it. Let's put that in the universe. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, is there anybody who sticks out you played with that's not a professional who's kind of you know bringing it? Uh, I gotta think about that. Give me one. Give me one minute. I haven't played with anybody in a while just because of all the uh, COVID stuff. On, yeah. Um, you know, you know who's really good. J.R. Smith is very good at golf. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard he's unbelievable, actually. And he's um, and he's probably loving it because down in Orlando, there's three courses. Uh, we talked to uh, some guys down there, and there's three courses down on the bubble. So he's been playing hmm. like every day. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of the things that you know. You get this quarantine time to practice. You can get really <laughs> good, man. I mean, I, I, look what I did to my body. You can definitely change yeah. your body if you want to, right? Um, no, I, I mean. I can't think of anything right now. I've played, I have seen Steph play. Uh, mm-hmm. Steph Curry, he's incredible. Obviously, he's played some, some Corn Fairy Did Tour Did you events. see him at the PJ Championship? Because he was low-key and uh, walking around the grounds. Dude, I had no idea he was there. <laughs> he was totally incognito. I mean, I, I know he was there with Michael Collins, uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, in that little area. And I was in Narnia on 15, 14, I think, <laughs> over in the rough. And, you know, I walked past him, just had no idea because the masks were on for sure. It's it yeah. weird. You know, you don't know or, or know who anybody is when you got masks on. It's kind of weird. And, and Steph is kind of just like, he, he blends in a little bit. You, it's, it's not yeah. like LeBron walking around on the right. horse or something, right. you know. Bryson, you, you, in your GQ article, you said you want to live to 130 and 140 years old. Why not? <laughs> I mean, why not? But that's such a ridiculous and crazy statement. Yeah, and people think it's ridiculous and crazy. There's actually a lot of... Uh, scientific fact behind that now that there is a person that will live past 130 that's already born right now say you lived 140 how long would you be able to golf if you lived to 140 though would you have to give up a golf at like 110 i'm thinking 115 no i'm kidding no man i don't know honestly i think you know personally for me if i'm healthy i'm enjoying life still i'm doing amazing things hopefully for the world um i've got no reason uh to not live that long uh if things get you know, start going downhill and stuff stops stops working. Well, well, we can talk a different game then. I mean, you got this incredible workout regimen you did in your garage during yeah. the pandemic. You've added, you know, twenty pounds of muscle. I think forty pounds of right. muscle over the last several years. So, what is this magic workout regimen that you're putting together? It's a great question. So, there's a guy by the name of Greg Roscoff. He worked with uh, Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos when his neck. Went out. Wait, hold up. You paid many of the Indianapolis Colts. Well, no, no. Right? Well, when Peyton had his neck fused, they went to the Denver. Oh, Broncos. okay. Yes. All right, all right. He I'm went just to Denver. To... Yeah, he did win a yes. Super Bowl in Denver, so you know. All right. Yes. I just went. Like, it's like Come Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's accurate though. It's, <laughs> it's appropriate. No, so uh, when he had his neck fusion, he heard about Greg and how he could get him back to full working order, and he was one of the reasons. Greg was one of the reasons why he was able to win. I think he was Super Bowl Fifty, right? Uh, yeah. yeah 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 Von yeah. Miller MVP yeah so 
uh, you know, I went and saw Greg and he did some voodoo stuff on me. I don't know. I mean, it's amazing neurological stuff that just changed my whole perspective on working out. It took three years to get here. Uh, it took me a year to gain this strength and size, but it's been a lot of core work, a lot of isolated movements. So nothing compound, no squats, no deadlifts, no nothing like that. So no me head workouts. No, 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 no. Dude, I feel like I would blow out something if I if I wasn't careful. So you're not banging doing, out like 300 pound bench presses. No, 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 no. People think I'm doing that. I'm not. I'm actually <laughs> doing a lot of like what people would say. Oh man, I can't say what I want to say. No, you can. No, no, you, you can know, say whatever you, know you want to what say. Mean, it's no. okay. I know I can say whatever I want to say, but there are other things that I got to be careful. <laughs> the sponsors uh, aren't listening. Go, let it fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, won't, they won't see this. Sure. <laughs> no, they would say that you know it's it's light workouts. You know, that, that I, I'm not doing that much, but. It's a lot of like isolated trunk flexion, back extensions, side bend, uh, very isolated motions that are, some would say a little bit lighter weight, but I've gotten to where those isolated, isolated motions are up to like 200, 250 now, depending on the motion. So it's a lot of weight. I started out at around 90 pounds with everything uh, in the core, and I'm all, all the way past 200 pounds with every motion that I can uh, tolerate. How bad do you just want to wear like a medium shirt on the tour and just like, just like really so blow it badly. out? This is an extra large though, right? I now. know it looks baggy. It looks baggy it for the listeners. You're not wearing, you should be wearing like go I mean, medium. I can tighten it up if you want, you know, like. And really show off the guns. There we go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They flex the you guns. You gotta right show there. off. Like, like you should just lean into it fully. Just like guns yeah, out. Incredible uh, Hulk style. Like flex after every drive. Like you know, bro. do kind of like you know, macho so, man stuff. Do like the Hulk Hogan. Like, like exactly. just kiss the biceps just, after just you drive the, the green. Blow the back of the shirt out. Exactly. No, uh, I've actually, I'm actually wearing this extra large to inspire me to get bigger. That's the whole reason why I'm <laughs> yeah. wearing it. So, some room to grow. Tiger Woods uh, for years was like the workout king in the PJ Tour. Now, have you officially yeah. taken that mantle? Because obviously Tiger's in his 40s now and he's been dealing some back problems. But you now officially the workout king of the PGA Tour? Well, I hope so. I mean, yeah. I work out every day for over an hour and a half, that. man. I mean, I mean I there's some guys that are gonna... piped on the tour. Rory's got some pipes on him. Oh, for sure. He's, he's, built. He works out super hard, too, for sure. But, you know, I don't know if they're doing it every day for over an hour. They're not in the same club. Uh, they're not drinking seven person. protein shakes a day. Is there still an awe about Tiger? on the tour like like is it is it still like because me growing up it was all about tiger you know yeah. tiger was their main draw is there still the kind of that feeling from you guys or no uh for me 100 percent. you know there is a little bit of that intimidation factor that he is tiger woods he's done what he's done um you know i'm sure it's still out here Pl plenty of it's out here but i think that you know we're good enough now to where we can compete against him you know everybody's unbelievably talented uh, they work incredibly hard so we can go after him, but when the time comes, you know, where it's the back nine and he's leading and he's got there, there is that factor there still. For have sure. you, you see, but have you, you ever talked trash to Tiger Woods? Nope, I will not. <laughs> ever. You'll never say anything to him? That is one thing that. Come on, no, if you're cooking I mean, him on the back nine of a, of a major, you're not going to talk okay, trash I did to him. 63 when I played here last against him, beat him by like four or five or something. But hey, he's got 83 wins. I've only got six. So let's let's did, calm down a bit, okay? Does he. <laughs> is he. Because I think a lot of people saw how. Uh, how talkative he is during when he did the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning thing. Yeah. Is that how he is on during the events too? Uh, during the events, it's a little more serious for sure. If, if, if you know how he goes about his rounds when it's serious competition, mm -hmm. he doesn't talk too much. Uh, when I played with him when a couple years ago when I shot 63 against him, there wasn't much talk. There wasn't, he was. Well, you were shooting 63. What's he going to say? 
nothing he could say. He just said, Hey, great plan, man. After the round, that was all he could say. Uh, but at the same point in time, I, I feel like there is still that intimidation factor, but yes, when it's a practice round, when we're having, he's yeah, he, he gets after it too. He makes jokes. He, he uh, throws some jabs in there with me for sure. I mean, there's a lot to throw at me, so you know, <laughs> pretty easy. <laughs> Real quick, fit question because you're a Puma guy. Ricky's a Puma guy, yeah. and Ricky may be one of the flashiest dressers on the PGA Tour. But yeah. between the two of you, who gets off the better fits? <laughs> what do you mean by that? I'm by fits, so I'm taking like what you're wearing on the golf course, what you're rocking on a daily basis. Oh, oh. are you giving it to Ricky? Or you Bro. taking that mantle? Oh man, I, I don't know. I wear what I like to wear. He like he wears what he likes to wear. Uh, I obviously wear my driver cap. There's a lot of inspiration of Hogan and Payne Stewart. I went to SMU uh, because of that. So I look a little different. Some people don't like it. Some people like it. Some people don't like the way look Ricky looks. Some people love it. So I mean, it's all up to personal opinion. But personally, sometimes I think I do dress a little nicer. Like, could you? <laughs> okay, there, well, there we go. Don't be bashful. I mean, like, could you ever rock a creamsicle like you know pants and and polo the way Ricky does? No, I cannot pull that off. I think I'd walk myself out out of this uh, property. <laughs> Bryson, do you have a dream foursome like all time? Because living or well, dead, yeah, any- but we we can't talk about that here. So, uh, so no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You guys did not you put get us that. off for one second. Right like, wait, is there, we, can, we can talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I I got it. I got you, Bryson. We yeah, Bryson, we can talk about anything. Yeah, I don't, this is you talk about I, you talk about stuff the sponsors won't like. Oh uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would definitely say my dad, Ben Hogan, Mo Norman. And, and and me obviously what what about celebrities what if we went celebrity route dream foursome oh man you know who you know who's unbelievable golf by the way i know that i know the answer to this question justin timberlake is unbelievable oh golf. yeah i play with oh, him. Yeah. incredible i was actually super surprised at how good he, he struck the ball to answer that question it took a while but i got it i played with him three or four years ago something like that he was awesome yeah um, no J, jt's always been about you know the links yeah <laughs> for sure yeah so what was the question again i'm forgot celebrity dream force to play with like if you had and if you don't put mj on there we're gonna send it to him and he's gonna call you out <laughs> <laughs> well no no and, and i've been fortunate enough to meet mj he's awesome at the Ryder cup uh, in france is awesome so no for sure somebody like him him for sure mj i'd say i haven't played with him yet so sh- why not yeah, go um, hustle and take cool. some money off of, off of george he likes, he likes <laughs> to gamble you could win at least 100 grand off MJ <laughs> easy real him. quick <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I leave that to to the PGA Tour. I can win that type of money. I hear you know. I don't hush, hush, do yes, hush, hush, hush. Uh, MJ. Uh, who else? Who else? Mark Wahlberg. He's always unbelievably okay. fun to play with. And uh, who would be another good one? It'd actually be amazing to to play with LeBron if he ever played. He doesn't. So yeah, Jr. Jr. as Chops mentioned earlier, golf ball with how big that that human is. Yeah, he just hasn't gotten into it though. Like even though Jr. has been his boy for years, he's tried to get him to play golf, and I think LeBron with all the limbs. Yeah, if you ever connect to the Jr. You know who Jr. had out there yesterday? I saw it on his Instagram line. He had Anthony Davis out there, and it was hilarious (laughs) because the club it looked like he had a uh, like a child's club in his hands. That's right. I remember seeing that actually. That's that's funny. You say that so. What's crazy about it is when you get that big, you're going to have to change the golf clubs, unfortunately. You just can't be playing yeah. normal-sized golf clubs, man. It doesn't work. No, no it, those, it doesn't work. That type of body. And that's what I'm waiting for. There's going to be somebody that comes out here that's 6'8", 6'9", <laughs> you know, 270, 280, hits the ball over 400, and it absolutely breaks the game. Absolutely. Just, just hitting bombs. Bryce, before we get you out of here, 
what don't people get about you? Like, what's like, what's the most like misconstrued notion about Bryson? Well, personally, for me, I, I don't think people understand how much I want to inspire others to do better. That's really my ultimate goal in life with anything, whether it's health, whether it's you know in business, whether it's uh, golf. Uh, all I'm trying to do is inspire people, and sometimes I get a little passionate uh, about. We all do. Uh, it's the, fine. The game. Yeah, absolutely. But I hope people can understand that that's it's because I care and I want to do well. It's not because I'm whining or anything like that. It's because I really care and I want to show people that I'm, I'm doing my absolute best out here. Um, you know, and then I'm also having fun. I do have a lot of fun out there on the golf course. People don't think I do. Uh, I do enjoy myself, even though I don't smile sometimes. It's just because I'm trying to be serious. I'm trying to be tiger-like and, and you know, one of those things. But uh, I really do want to inspire the younger generations coming out to, to work their best, uh, do their best, try their hardest, and um, be amazing people for society. That's that's hopefully what I want to want to accomplish. Take that, haters! Take <laughs> Straight from the man himself. Take that, Take that shoot him, McGavin. Thank you, Bryson. Thank you, guys. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. Take care, y'all. Big thank you to Bryson for joining us. Uh, I hope that was an informed conversation. Golf is probably a little bit out of the realm for most of our listeners, so. I uh, hope, you know, we were able to, you know, open some doors, shine some lights on some stuff. So uh, fun conversation. Let's get to our last segment of the day. Zion's back with us. Zion wasn't there for the Bryson interview. Listen, it was too early. Where were you for that one, pal? I was literally in bed when we were supposed to uh, randomly got a message. Zion overslept. I wake up at 11, bro. It, it happens. Yeah, you go to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Go to bed at normal human being time. Let's get to our last segment of the day. Listeners Unloaded, we're... You guys call in, leave us your thoughts, hot takes, all that. Uh, we're getting so many calls that we we really can't feature everybody, but we're working on a plan how to get uh, everybody's calls in here. So we appreciate you guys for calling. A lot of hot takes. You guys are very angry, and I love it. Uh, keep them coming. The number is in the bio in the description of the episode. We tweeted out and everything. So keep calling, keep sharing those thoughts. Let's get to this week's calls, though. Being an Angels fan makes me completely sick. We have Shohei Otani, Anthony Rendon, Mike fucking Trout. All this fucking talent just for the fucking pitching and the blowpin to pull the fucking game. I love it. it just The one Angels fan in the world decided to call us, and he's very angry. I love it. Mike Trout is a great player, an all-time player. But, yes, the pitching staff is absolutely horrendous. They play in a shitty ballpark. And they are overshadowed by the Dodgers and still ridiculously call themselves the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So all the hand waves to the Angels organization for never getting their shit together. And, and a big hand wave to people calling Mike Trout the GOAT because you cannot be the GOAT if you have no playoff appearances. So oh, that's, that's accurate. That's, 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 he has yeah, one playoff yeah. appearance, but he, he shit the bed. So I just okay. love how passionate that I, I love how passionate that guy was. I'm, I'm sorry that you're an Angels fan. That, that has to be. That's, I mean, you guys have the a baseball World Series. Coming. You, guys, you guys have a World Series. You can't be that upset. You can't be that mad. All right, let's get to the next one. I have 27. What do we got? What do we got, Jasmine? Tee us up. Yo, what's good, Complex? It's Jacob Vlogs, and I just want to say I'm from L.A., and I don't know what the fuck what LeBron was on, but LeBron needs to step the fuck up. Uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming that was after that game was, one, correct? Yeah, that was that was after game game, game one, I think. Yeah, uh, it was after LeBron game one. stepped up. LeBron LeBron stepped up. He's he's Playoff been doing his things. Playoff Bron is here, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, Jacob, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's your name. You'll be all right. LeBron is back. Lakers yeah. in six. Five, five, that was a five, gr- five. That was a great call. Uh, 
Lakers fans were very stressed. Lakers Obviously, fans are out of their goddamn minds. That was great. I love it. I love the energy. I love the passion. All right, Jeff, what we got next? Hey, guys. One second. Thank you for Kelvin. Thank you for featuring me last time. Um, Adam, much love to you. You still in Mark, but much love. Um, <laughs> I wanted to discuss, I know you guys were talking to Travis Kelsey about NFL Yard. And I wanted to know, did you guys ever play NFL Street? And if so, which was your favorite um, one out of the series? And do you think EA should bring back that franchise again? And for you, Zion, I know that you said you don't play NFL that much. So would you prefer Street Volume 1, 2, or 3 to come back as well? Thank you guys again. Five stars to this show. Shout out to that GOAT giving me a question. Shout out to that GOAT right well, there. Well, shout out to Calvin, who will be hearing from my lawyer for calling me a narc. But go ahead, guys. Shout out to, hey, shout out to uh, back-to-back caller. We had to feature that one again. You know, and, and listen to him. Everybody go drop those five-star reviews. Uh, I like the yard feature. Adam doesn't play video games. Zion, I know you've been playing around with have you? Did you? Have you the been playing around with nice. I, I like, I like uh, the, the yard. Yard's yard's yeah. The yard's fun. The yard's fun. I... I I played it all weekend, and I was having a great time playing the yard. It's big NFL street vibes, which is a cult classic. I feel people want to bring that back. So, <laughs> for for me, yeah, yeah, I'll play. Uh, I'll play uh, NFL Street. Uh, I don't have a preference of which one. NBA Street needs to come back, though. You you are right. NBA Street hundred percent needs to come back. We need that. Yeah, no, definitely. So, thank you for calling in again, man. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, keep listening. Uh, we have one more this week. I think this one's going to be. Quite fun. Let's get to it. Adam, no disrespect to you, but what the fuck, man? You can't come at Browns fans and, and not get not get anything back. Okay, we've been through the mud. You can't just attack us and not get anything in return. So I'm standing up for my boy my boy Chops now. All right? Yeah. Let's go, Brownies. Dog pound. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Bring them through, through the Adam. mud. What the fuck are you talking about, pal? Been through the mud. Your organization's been complete trash for the entire existence in history. So what I don't hear I about think the that's mud. What, he what means have you been, been through? That, I think he's that, been through the mud because we haven't won shit. What do you mean? But like yeah. it's like there's been like these awesome ups and downs and it's like these agonizing losses that like make you want to like tear your hair out from your head. Like there has We've been anything had, like that. Like, yes, that, that has happened. No, oh, don't shut the fuck up. No, no, not even Listen. close. As a Jets fan, I've had way more roller coaster moments than any. Listen, Browns fans people have the past keep calling years. To, to go at Adam. That's my favorite part of this, this whole segment. Through the mud at the at all the you're, you're getting dunked waves. on. You're getting dunked on by fans <laughs> now. After getting dunked on by guests, like Adam, you are the dummy to get dunked on in this podcast. I'm sorry to tell you. No, I ain't been dunked on yet. Okay. No, that's two. That's check two already. You got two yeah, calls. Check your tally. That, that's two. Two out of four calls. Fifty percent. One called you a narc, and then one dunked on you in this pod. <laughs> Again, Kevin will be hearing from my lawyer and your boy who just called in to proclaim that the Browns are somehow going to win more than t- uh, ten or eleven games. Absolute fallacy. Nonsense. Garbage. All the hand waves drag through the mud. Jesus fucking Christ, pal. Come on. Have a little perspective. Just a modicum of perspective. Modicum. I love it. I love it. We love y'all. Thank you so much for calling in. We're Like I said, we're going to keep showcasing these calls. We're going to do it in a big way. We appreciate you guys. Uh, huge shout to Bryson. Huge shout to Channing. Stacked episode this week. We really wanted to bring you guys all sorts of content because, you know, we love y'all. And we have a lot of fun doing this. So, Thank you for listening. Go drop those five-star reviews on Apple and wherever you listen. Uh, Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Special thanks to our producer, Josh Dodd, our associate producer and sound engineer, Jasmine Plata, our production manager, Chantel Correa, our talent booker, Shanice Kelman, who gets us all our great guests, our director of talent relations, Kristen Price-Harrell, who also gets us the great guests, our senior director of operations, Jen Stewart. Shout out to the main man in charge, our GM, Donnie Kwok. 
This is a production of Complex Networks.